I'm a cover girl. I'm a cover girl. I'm a cover girl too. Because I use CoverGirl Simply Ageless Liquid Foundation, America's number one anti-aging foundation brand. Simply Ageless is skincare and makeup in one. It instantly reduces the look of wrinkles and even skin tone. With hyaluronic complex and vitamin C for plump skin and a healthy youthful glow. So be a cover girl like me. And me. And get better skin at any age. Try Simply Ageless Liquid Foundation from easy, breezy, beautiful CoverGirl. It's so marvelous to me how you ever came to be. Ooh, such a radiant one, such a radiant child. From now until forever, may you ever remember. Ooh, you're a radiant one, you're a radiant child. You can accept it or be stupid and be a skeptic. Unconceivable, unbelievable, unidentified flying objects. I want to Welcome to the I Want to Believe podcast. I'm Nomar Slavik. I'm Kyle Sawyer. What's male radiates light and scares the fuck out of people? Well, we'll tell you in a sec. But first, a quick reminder that all of our I Want to Believe social media and email are in the show notes. Also, you can watch my documentary, Otherworldly and More, on Amazon Prime right now. DVDs are also available. Check the show notes for our links. Okay, let's get into the ghostly phenomena of the Radiant Boys. We're going back to our old buddy, Brett Swanser, writer for the Mysterious Universe website for this one. Dang, man, we seem to dig his stories, huh? I suppose we do. He's got a creepy one here, not one really discussed that much. Ah, an obscure ghost story. I'm always down for one of those. What do you got? Well, in Swanser's words, we've got, quote, one type of ghost that is as creepy as it is tragic. Hmm. There are a few stories of what is called the Radiant Boys, and we're going to share a few of those stories on this episode. Here's a little background. The phenomenon mostly has its origins in the lore of Northern England and in Germany, where they are called the Kinder Mordorin. The origins of these restless spirits are that of great tragedy, as they are said to be the ghosts of children who were murdered by their own mothers, something which has doomed them to walk the earth not only as ghosts, but also as portent of disaster and harbingers of death. Ah, okay. That actually kind of reminds me of like a reverse curse of La Llorona. The mother kills the children in that legend, but she is the one who wanders around looking for more children to kill. So a bit different with the Radiant Boys. Also kind of Mothman-esque with the harbingers of death and disaster. But also kind of like that story I told you about my mom in the nursing home with the well-dressed man ghost whose appearance foretold the death of a patient. But anyways, please go on. The first case we'll be discussing today is one of the more well-known stories of a Radiant Boy encounter. This occurred in the fall of 1803 at Corby Castle, located in Cumbria, England. This castle originally belonged to the Howard family, but on this night, quote, a Reverend Henry of Redburg 
visited with his wife for the evening, and it would turn out to be quite a harrowing night, not the least in part because they were put up for the night in a room of the castle that was rather known for being quite haunted. Uh, that doesn't sound good. Creepy castle in early 19th century England, a haunted room. Not cool, man, but I would love to visit a castle someday. What about you? Yeah, I think that'd be fun. Okay, anyways, check this out. The original patriarch of the Howard family didn't like that particular room and actually stated, quote, I must observe that it is by no means remote or solitary, being surrounded on all sides by chambers that are constantly inhabited. It is accessible by a passage cut through a wall eight feet in thickness, and its dimensions are 21 by 18. One side of the wainscoting is covered with tapestry. The remainder is decorated with old family pictures and some ancient pieces of embroidery, probably the handiwork of nuns. Over a press, which has doors of Venetian glass, is an ancient oaken figure with a battle axe in his hand, which was one of those formerly placed on the walls in the city of Carlisle to represent guards. There used to be also an old-fashioned bed and some dark furniture in this room, but so many were the complaints of those who slept there that I was induced to replace some of the articles of furniture by more modern ones, in the hope of removing a certain air of gloom, which I thought might have gotten a rise to the unaccountable reports of apparitions and extraordinary noises which were constantly reaching us, but I regret to say I did not succeed in banishing the nocturnal visitor which still continues to disturb our friends. He was a well-spoken individual. Yes, he was. I appreciate your observation, sir. Now, the night that the Reverend stayed in that room was creepy, to say the least. He had started a fire to keep he and his wife warm on that fall night. He was woken up at a late hour by something glowing in his room. He wrote in his journal the next morning, quote, Soon after we went to bed, we fell asleep. It might be between one and two in the morning when I awoke. I observed that the fire was totally extinguished, but although that was the case and we had no light, I saw a glimmer in the center of the room, which suddenly increased to a bright flame. I looked out, apprehending that something had caught fire, when to my amazement, I beheld a beautiful boy clothed in white, with bright locks resembling gold standing by my bedside, in which position he remained some minutes, fixing his eyes upon me with a mild and benevolent expression. He then glided gently towards the side of the chimney, where it is obvious there is no possible egress, and entirely disappeared. I found myself again in total darkness, and all remained quiet until the usual hour of rising. I declare this to be a true account of what I saw at Corby Castle upon my word as a clergyman. They left hurriedly the next morning, and that's the end of that encounter. I don't blame them for leaving quickly, but this next case is a bit more sinister. Somewhat similar to what Lore says of the black-eyed children when you let them in your house. Here's the initial story. A captain by the name of Robert Stort was stationed in Ireland. He went out hunting one day, but the weather quickly turned on him. Swanser wrote, As soon as he realized that a storm was moving in, it also dawned on him that he had strayed so far out in his search of game that he no longer could find his way back. The story goes that he wandered about the wilderness before coming to a home sitting out there where he requested shelter for the night. His room was a modest affair with scarcely any furniture and a small fireplace in the corner. He soon drifted off to sleep, but was pried from his world of dreams by a brilliant light that seemed to bathe the entire room. 
a book called Fairy and Folk Tales of the Irish Peasantry by Butler Yeats, published Stuart's account of what happened. It stated, He believed he had slept about a couple of hours when he awoke suddenly, and was startled by such a vivid light in the room that he thought it was on fire. But on turning to look at the grate, he saw the fire was out, though it was from the chimney the light proceeded. He sat up in bed trying to discover what it was when he perceived the form of a beautiful naked boy surrounded by a dazzling radiance. The boy looked at him earnestly, and then the vision faded, and all was dark. Captain Stewart, so far from supposing what he had seen to be of a spiritual nature, had no doubt that the host or the visitors had been trying to frighten him. Accordingly, he felt indignant at the liberty, and on the following morning when he appeared at breakfast, he took care to evince his displeasure by the reserve of his demeanor and by announcing his intention to depart immediately. But that's not where it ended for Stort. The owner of the house where Stort stayed apologized for the evening that Stort had to go through and stated that the room was not used often and for good reason, Swanser wrote. There was purportedly the ghost of a family ancestor who had been killed by his own mother lurking there, and that the fire had been meant to keep the malicious spirit away. It was also said that to see the boy was a bad omen, and that's why the room had been off-limits for years. It was ominously said that whoever was to see the radiant boy would rise in power, only to have it ripped away to leave a gaping wound, followed by a horrible death. Indeed, this encounter would apparently live up to its reputation and bring with it some of the darker lore surrounding the appearance of Radiant Boys, and although Stort would become a prominent political figure in the following years, he would suddenly see his fortunes dwindle and a great many tragedies would befall his family. First, his father died, and his brother would also die in a boating accident. Then things would take a nosedive. His fortunes dwindled spectacularly his health failed him, and his sanity began to slip over the brink of madness, forcing him to be confined to his country house called North Cray Place. In the end, he would take his own life in 1822 with a razor across the throat, fulfilling the grim prophecy that seeing the Radiant Boy would bring about a violent death. Those were just a couple of numerous encounters reported of the Radiant Boys. Swanser asks if these stories are merely legend and lore of young wraiths, or could there be something to these encounters? As we always do in this podcast, we leave it up to you, the listener, to decide. What do you think? Uh, a couple things. I think I've settled on these ghosts being the most similar to Black Eyed Children, especially based on that second story. But I also think what we always say and why we gave the podcast the name that we did, I want to believe. Got anything else you want to add? No, I, I think that uh, kind of wraps it up. Yeah. Um, and as we always say, a Merry Christmas to all. And to all. A good night. Yeah. Until next time. Until next time. <laughs> so stupid. Listen, I knew how this was going to go down, and I just believe it for you.
Find a moment of calm at Classical WETA 90.9 FM. Available to stream now at classicalweta.org or on the Classical WETA app. Here's to an endless summer. Plato's Closet pays you cash for clothes, so you have endless possibilities for more summer adventures. Done with that top? Sell it. Are those sandals just not your thing anymore? Sell them. Plato's Closet pays you cash on the spot for your gently used clothing, shoes, and accessories for guys and girls in their teens and 20s. If you want summer fun, get cash for clothes at Plato's Closet. Plato's Closet is now hiring. Find us in Fairfax, in the Greenbrier Shopping Center, and in Manassas at the shops at Signal Hill.